All right, here we go on a Wednesday. Cofield and Company. Demon is in as a company today. We'll have some other special guests along the way. We're live at the Battleborn Broadcast Center, so Justin Watkins will join us a little earlier in the show, and we will check in with our uh, buddy Caleb Herring in the five o'clock. Are also or um, also Arash Markazi. So good stuff on the way. Good stuff on the way. What's going on, Demon? Oh man, a whole lot, Steve. But did you hear the arena? I think Greg found like his, you know, his tomato can. I was not, I was not going to mention it coming out. <laughs> I will not promote that show anymore. You still haven't gotten a review on your chance to be two and zero against him. I still believe that they need to go back to your loss against Greg, which was very weird. And yes, I did get to listen to a little bit of Q going in there. I'll give Q the excuse because he's now lost two times. To Greg, I don't think has Greg beaten anyone else on the sports staff. Danny, because I think it was a, it was a rubber match between them two. It's it's okay. tied up. But but as he said, guys like you and Danny, all you do is plug in the headphones, so you can't really be knowledgeable in sports. But actual host, I don't think he has a victory over any of them. Yeah, Lindsey Lindsay mopped the floor I with think, him. I think Lindsey beat him. I think Tyler was in once. I think he beat him. What is going on with Q? I'll defend Q here. I don't think that the he can excel in the debate format. Ooh, really? Not because he can't do it, but he's just so used to doing radio that he's, especially a one-hour show, That I mean, it's not a one-hour show, a one-man show, where he's just debating himself. He's attacking like the stories from all angles. He's So, so he's, he's debating against doing, himself. He's used to doing solo radio. Yes, excuse me, yes. So would you make would you make Greg a minus three hundred favorite over JT the Brick? Oh no, 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 no. That's a different animal. Oh, is it? That's a different animal though. Because Q's trying to give you all the news of the day. I mean, he's got like his ESPN job where, you know, maybe you need that different story when you're listening to ESPN game time. But Wait JT is unrelenting. And I, that would Q be the one. Q is doing ESPN National where he does a show with someone else. So I don't really understand your argument. Oh, well, even his, his Raider Nation radio show. Solo. He does solo locally on Raider Nation radio. Did you hear what Doug got on him about one of his answers that he did not like? The GVR answer? Yeah, he asked for, hey, hidden gem for locals. Uh, where can people go hang out that maybe no one has really heard of? And Q mentioned a place that he likes off the strip, and Doug just eviscerated him, just killed him. And I and I knew what Greg's answer was going to be because uh, Greg's, aside from uh, borderline naked pictures at strip clubs and um, some other weird stuff that he puts up on social media, he actually does go out to the desert a lot. So he said, you know, just going out to the desert and seeing how dark it is out there, that's a, a hidden gem, which, I don't know, it's not really a hidden gem for me because I won't do it. Not my cup of tea, but. Yeah, that's a, that's a terrible hidden gem. Yeah, well, but that, that might have been the winner. That might have been the difference. I like Q's hidden gem better. Is At least it's somewhere. I'm not, I'm not going out to Henderson. Yeah, that's, that's a good point because I think what it comes down to is Doug is more interested in not going to a casino and potentially going out to the desert, I think everyone else at the station, or most people at the station, are like, yeah, we'll, we'll take the casino and the bar. Yeah. We're the good. desert. Look at how dark it is. We're good. So I can get attacked by coyotes? <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, you, go, you go check out the scenery and the desert. We'll go inside. No Wi-Fi? I mean, no no cell reception? I get lost? What? I can't do that. I know I know guys on this show can't do it. 
So that's a shame. That's that's a damn shame. But uh, Q is on right now, actually. So go listen to Raider Nation Radio 920. And then uh, as he was promoted heavily, heavily, heavily in the uh, arena show, he is on nationally at night. So the arena, two to three, great lead-in show for Cofield and company. I wanted to start out with something happy because I'm not happy that uh, Greg got a win. Um, I want to start out with a couple of happy stories. I really wasn't aware of this one until the last couple of days, and I still don't know a whole lot about the story because I had seen the jokes about a Miami player shooting for like his ninth year of eligibility. What is the deal with this dude? Um, McCormick? Is that his name? Yeah, this is Cam McCormick. He is a Mario Cristobal guy. He was there at Oregon with him. He's, I think dating back to 2016 is with Oregon. Cristobal gets the Miami job. He also he also comes over to Miami, and he's on his eighth year of college el- eligibility, and he's uh putting in a request to maybe get a ninth if he needs it. Maybe if the Hurricanes need him back next year, you know, he is willing to sacrifice for the team and come back next season if they need him. All right. What do you think about that? It's time to let it go. He was the number 27. He was the 27th ranked tight end in the class of 2016. I mean, that's that's very <laughs> impressive. I mean, but brother, it was 2016. It's time. Do you it's, understand? You, I don't think you've entered full existence as an adult and real life yet. You, you do have to find a new domicile at some point, and you'll get a more real check of what life is like. Not to dig on you, but my advice coming again, this is from someone who is 50 plus. If you can stay in school and you can have your school paid for, you do it for like 15 years. But here's the thing. Out here. I don't know what he's studying for the, you know, the story they just mentioned. Hey, he's trying to get, he's, you know, petitioning for that ninth year. It's it, There's no mention of he's also trying to get in for his master's. We don't know that. Yeah, maybe he's going for freaking whatever extra masters and post grad and this and that. Take advantage of it. This is a new era of college football with all this extra, you know, with injury eligibility and COVID eligibility. I admire kids who stay in school for five and six years. Stay. Get more degrees. Enjoy yourself. Real life stinks. Yes, it does. But he's pushing a decade, Steve. What? Because you, you see the you always see the stories about the kicker where it's like I think it was the Colorado State kicker, right? Yeah. Or it's all oh, this one with a couple of kids. Yeah, it's like oh man, the kicker, or I think it's the Clemson kicker, where it's uh he no, I think it's Virginia. He tried out for the team, and you know now that he's thirty, he actually made the team. It's like oh good for him being thirty and you're the kicker, but when you're playing like at the position spots, okay, bro, you're pushing thirty. It's not cute anymore. Uh, another happy story. Uh, Kareem Hunt had to wait a while. I mean, the, the sad part is I don't know if he was friends with him or not, but I assume they were buddies. But Nick Chubb had to go down. To get running back Kareem Hunt in back into the league, I, it's a little weird that he's going back to the Browns because the Browns uh, couldn't pay him, wouldn't pay him, and uh, no one else stepped up to grab him. But um, Kareem Hunt's back in the league, and we'll see if he can win the job from uh, this Ford dude who went off in uh, the place of Nick Chubb. But that's a good story. At least he's getting to play again. I hope I didn't see the deal yet in terms of money. I hope he's making some money. So, And it's also good for the Browns with another decent running back, and I think Kareem Hunt is more than decent. Uh, the Browns do have a shot. Uh, yesterday, the AFC North, I had it recalculated as one Ravens, two Steelers, three Bengals, four Browns. And running backs aren't supposed to make this much of a difference in rankings, but I'll bump up the Browns 
a little bit, but we do, you know what I do want to later on when Caleb Herring is in a former quarterback at UNLV and he's our kind of our, our quarterback whisperer. I do want to ask Caleb about what he's seeing so far with Deshaun Watson. Cause he had some positive things to say about him, but I think that might've been early in the game because there is almost no one else talking about patience and seeing good signs with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I'll just say what some people on Twitter are saying. He, he's looking cooked. He's looking washed. And that running back, I know we don't like to – hey, running backs, they're not that important. They're all replaceable. But when you need to help out that quarterback that's struggling, a top-five running back makes a world of difference. So I don't know you what know, it's – You don't think Hunt and Ford combined can basically replace his production? They may be able to replace the reduction – I mean, replace his production, maybe let's say up to 80 to 90% of it. Maybe that's on the stats, but for me, it's Deshaun Watson. Is he going to get it together? Because you don't have that blanket of we're going to hand it off to 20 to 25 times in the game and we're going to have that production of the best running back in the league. It's just difference when you know that he can play all three downs and he's out versus, hey, we have two running backs that could maybe replicate most of that, but it's just not the same. Like if Derrick Henry, if he goes down, if you're like, oh, man, the the, the backup Spears, he's been he's been good. But it's still not Derrick Henry, and I think that that's going to be the reality because, to me, he's a top three running back in the league. Hmm. What we don't want to do on the show, because I refrain most of the time from doing it, and I think we did it yesterday with the Raiders, is overreacting over the first two games or even after week two. I think we overreacted a little bit with sort of a mopey attitude about the Raiders. Now, I'm already in. I'm already in. So, so I was the more mopey one because you took the Raiders against the Steelers. So we got a bet going at 7-Eleven. I'm going to buy you five pizzas, and you're going to give me a, a bunch of taquitos if I win. But I do think I overreacted. I think JBT was a little bit mopey on the Raiders. Adam definitely was mopey on the Raiders. So I think we need to balance things out. They were going into a bad spot against the Bills. That was a rough spot. Uh, and I, even though I bet the Steelers, I do think the Raiders – have a shot this weekend. Uh, you know who does not believe that the Raiders have a shot to have a good season? Everyone fans else. In Kansas, fans in Kansas City. Yeah, you're right. A lot of people outside the market, but especially fans in Kansas City. As negative as people are on the Chargers, uh, I saw a poll put out by our buddy Saran Petra, who's on WHB in Kansas City, and it listed the other three teams in the division. Who has the best chance of giving the Chiefs trouble and potentially winning the AFC West title? Broncos, Chargers, or Raiders? What do you think the percentage breakdown was? Now, keep in mind, the Chargers, a lot of people are down on the Chargers right now. So what do you think the split was between those three teams breaking up 100%? Everybody's in love with the Chargers. What, 75? 84%. That's too 84% high. of people who follow the Chiefs said that the Chargers basically are the only team that can challenge them in the division, and the other 16% was split up by the Broncos and the Raiders. What if the Chargers are 0-2? And I know it's – well, the Raiders only have one win. But they're 0-2. They're playing Minnesota, a team that's going to have something to prove this weekend. Yep. At On the road, going to Minnesota, they could easily be, start the season 0-3. I expect them to come out of the gates at 0-3. But week four is the Raiders. I, I love that they could – that they could go 0-3 and, and everybody's like, hey, they can get this first win against the Raiders and they'll get it back on track. <laughs> and they'll be the one rare team 
that uh, the Raiders face where the stadium won't be completely flooded to the tune of like 60% opposing fans. Here's another thing. I'm looking at their schedule now. So Raiders, let's say one and three. Cowboys and Chiefs after that. I know. What? This this, this game this weekend against the Vikings is gigantic uh, for the Chargers and also for Brandon Staley because at that point, if he can't beat the Vikings, he could be – staring a what an 0 and 6 start in the face or 1 and 5 yeah he could be staring 1 and 5 and then they have the ultimate get right game against the bears to close out october yeah but at that point it might not matter (laughs) it could be so deep in the hole and they might have a new coach now i still don't believe i still do not believe that the spanos family does things like this i still think they're gonna they're gonna give him the whole season Uh, but i understand the negativity uh, towards him but i also think it should be pointed towards some of the defensive players for not being able to stop the opposition on key third downs, the offensive side of the ball, they can't get freaking third downs. The ball goes inside the 10-yard line for the Chargers, and instead of being like, yeah, guaranteed scores coming up, man, this could be a touchdown. You're like, oh, my God, can they score a touchdown? That that should not be the case when you have that many weapons, and I know Eckler missed last week, but that should not be the case uh, with the Chargers, but it is right now. Uh, on the way back, some more on the NFL. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and his experimental surgery is getting people a little wacky a little crazy in New York about the possibility of coming back. Now, back to Cofield and Company at the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, coming out of the gates with some NFL news. Damon is back in the Finley Toyota Studios. It's Cofield here at Battleborn Injury Lures in the Battleborn Broadcast Center. All right, Damon, question for you. What is more likely? Tom Brady returns to the NFL to play quarterback this season. Or Aaron Rodgers returns to the NFL this season. Brady plays quarterback this year somewhere. Or Rodgers plays for the Jets before the end of the entire season, including the postseason. More likely, I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers. Really? I believe with a with a shredded Achilles and normal recovery time of nine to 15 months. I know he got an experimental surgery. I know Cam Akers came back as a physical Marvel freak earlier in like in like seven months. Really, Rogers is more likely to play this year in the National Football League than one TB12. Yes, if the Jets are some able, somehow able to make the playoffs, because I think that it's near zero that Tom Brady wants to come back and play football. But the story I sent about, hey, they're, they're, they haven't approved his minority ownership yet of the Raiders. So, right. I mean. What's the delay? I think it's a, it's a league thing. I, it's a league thing, but the window is what still that, open. But what, what does that mean? It's a league thing. Why wouldn't they want their glorious, beloved – TB12 to potentially come back for one more run and you know build some ratings and man if he came back to the Jets that'd be bigger and better and beyond what the ratings were going to be for Rodgers Brady back in they probably want that no well yet on the playing side yes but I do think that the ownership hold up maybe this could be like a shadow ban punish a punishment from when he tried to you know do whenever he they tried to do with the Dolphins Really? Maybe this could be a shadow ban of we're going to make you wait a year because 
you should have got some type of punishment the same way that Stephen Ross did. So it has nothing to do with their fear of giving him ownership, and then two weeks later he's like, "Yep, coming back, playing for the Jets." No, I don't think he. I don't think he'd do that. I don't think he'd want to. Hey, I got my. I finally get my ownership stake in the Raiders. Now I'm going to try to play for Woody Johnson. I don't think he would do that because it just doesn't make sense. Okay. I don't think he wants to come back for the Jets that bad. I'm. I don't know how to go zero percent versus like the smallest thing above zero percent. Like Brady, I believe is zero percent coming back. There's absolutely no chance. I don't think he's stupid enough to believe that he can miss all of training camp and not really be in football shape unless he's been working out and we don't know about it. But how do you work out for football with as busy as he like really work out for football with as busy as he is? I don't. I think Brady's smart enough to realize he can't. I mean, I know they have a commercial with him and Edelman following. Uh, who's in the Who's in the main part of the commercial? Is it like uh, what is it? Emmett Smith. It's Dan Marino. By the the Dan Marino. You've seen this commercial, right? Yes. About you know coming back at an event like we can do it, and then Dan Marino comes out there and he's got the uh, the wrist pad, you know, with all the plays on it, and he looks like me. He's got the readers on down his nose. It's Dan Marino, Jerry Rice, yeah, Jerry Randy Rice. Moss, and then is it Emmett Smith? It is Emmett Smith, yeah. Yes, so those four. Yep. And then, and I, it's weird because Randy Moss like sort of has fun with it, but I also think he was like, "I'm not saying I'm old and can't play." Because someone whips a ball at him, he catches it, and then all he'll do to be to like kind of look old, he's like, "Oh, my hand hurts a little bit." Hey, he's just saying he can't do it. Him, he can't do it like on a consistent mm-hmm. basis. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so uh, Brady and Edelman are in that commercial, and they they kind of look at each other like, eh, "Can we come back?" Yeah, I don't think there's any chance that Brady's coming back. I will tell you what I believe is happening with the Raiders' ownership thing. The Patriots are about to F the Raiders once again. Ooh. Right? They got royally screwed, really, by the league and the officiating and a stupid rule. Back in the playoffs at the very beginning of Brady's career. Right? And yes. that one that will that will that will sting forever for Raiders fans and members of the Raiders organization. Don't I know it? Now I will virtually guarantee you that since Brady went back for a retirement, they waived all the rules about, you know, putting him in the ring of honor. That Bobby Kraft has talked to Brady, and he's like, no, 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 no. You have to be a patriot for life, which means you get ownership here. You're not going to the freaking Raiders. That's what I think has happened. You know what? I want him to be a minority owner for the Raiders even more now. I don't... Oh, to, stick it to, to stick at the Patriots fans and Kraft? Yes. Nah. I don't think he'll do it. I think he'll turn his back on MD. Doesn't make him a bad. Doesn't make him a bad guy. But I understand the lore to be a patriot for life. And I'll, I'll also go back. I I still do believe that over the years, in the middle and the end of his career, that there was a handshake agreement when Brady took all of those years where he didn't. He wasn't making like it, it's clear now. And I'm not saying they're selfish for. It. I guess we're going to find out if they if they a lot of these guys can't win Super Bowls. But it's clear now that between. Mahomes, 
and Burrow and Lamar Jackson and Herbert that they're like, yeah, I'm taking all the money. There's no hometown discount. And you'll remember Brady, you never heard Brady say, I I have to be every two years renegotiated to be the highest paid quarterback in the game. But we always believed on the show, and I'll speak for myself and Adam Hill, that there was a handshake agreement from Bobby Kraft to Brady saying, you know what, we will pay you back down the road. You will get ownership. Now, they can't put it on paper, and they, they, they're certainly not going to you know, tape themselves saying that, but I believe that was the agreement. And I think Kraft, in, in one, is tugging out the heartstrings, and two, is like, come on. You know what we agreed to. I want to honor that. You're going to get ownership. Screw the Raiders. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, those devilish patriots. So I wouldn't put it past them, but <laughs> devilish, man. Yeah, they, they... Would you be that? Uh, would you be that butthurt if Brady wasn't a small owner of the Raiders? Really? I, I mean, I, I don't know. No, I no, no. It wouldn't when be... this came out. I, I, if I'm a Raiders fan, I don't want him to be part owner of the Raiders. I don't like that the Raiders are being used as leverage then. Used as leverage. He's already got the minority stake in the Aces. If you're going to be all be all in, as the Aces hashtag would say. That, that, that's all he gets. That's all he's going to get. He's going to the Patriots. That, that's the holdup. It's not that he's coming back. I don't think he's dumb enough to come back without a real offseason. So let's put that to rest. And, and maybe later on we will address the Rodgers could come back, but that means now Zach Wilson has to lead them to the playoffs. Okay. Okay. That's, I just, I don't know, man. I don't see that happening. Three, six, four, 1100. Caller seven. Let's give away two tickets to check out Adam Sandler. Saturday show, December 2nd at Mick Ultra Arena. Tickets are on sale now at AXS.com. It's Adam Sandler in town, December 2nd. That's a Saturday night, AXS.com at the MUA, Mick Ultra Arena. Two tickets. Demond's going to hook you up. Three, six, four, 1100. Caller seven. Now back to Cofield and Company at the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, rolling on here on a Wednesday. It is the Battleborn Broadcast Center. Cofield and Company. Back in our Finley Toyota Studios is Devon. So Justin's in. Just got to crank him up. I turned them all down. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff to get into. And I want to carry over the conversation we were just having, Justin, uh, about Brady versus Rodgers. It really should be a non-starter, but it's become a big topic because of a couple things going on. Uh, and my question for Devon was, hey, who's more likely to return this year and play some NFL football? And the, I think the answer is probably neither, but you have to answer it. Um, the Brady speculation is starting to run rampant because they still have not approved him on the NFL side for this ownership of the Raiders. I believe it's twofold. I, I think the, the NFL is slow playing this because that's what they do. And I also believe that Robert Kraft has probably told the NFL, hey, wait a little bit. He's not owning the Raiders. He's coming with us. So that, I think that fight is on. Yeah, I mean, I think if if I'm not going to be a conspiracy theorist, I would just say something like if the NFL has a procedure for admitting ownership, minority or majority ownership and going through all financial investments, all business dealings, you don't ever want to stray from that, regardless of who it is, because then it creates a new precedent for future claims against you if for somebody who gets denied his ownership they can say well hey you did this personal favor over here for brady you didn't actually ask for all that information so you actually don't need all that information <laughs> and you know anytime you treat people differently you're exposing yourself so imagine if it was somebody who was a minority and was trying to get in as a minority owner and 
they said, hey, you you actually declined me because I'm black, not because of anything that you found in in this investigation, because you don't even care about that investigation, because look, you just let Brady right through. So I, I think precedent is important. The the process is important. Now, whether or not Kraft, you know, wants Brady to be part of New England and not the Raiders, you know, I, I don't know anything about any of that, but I could certainly see why the process would take time if i was advising them i'd say if somebody has an ownership stake in an nfl team we need to know all of their business dealings who has anything on them where they have any investments all their business ties so that we know whether or not they can be influenced by partners or otherwise maybe there's something there yeah like beyond just hey we're dotting the i's and crossing the t's Maybe they found something. They might have. Like, you know, there's some interesting stuff with Brady with crypto. Crypto, that's what I was going to say. You, you, not only did he speak on behalf of crypto, but he was an ownership. He was in ownership and is a defendant in class action suits related there, too. So, yes, I mean, he's going to have more dealings than maybe a lot of other business uh, owners that who apply for minority ownership where they've made their money you know, on a single business or a few businesses, whereas he's done so many endorsements and he's probably got his hands in a whole bunch of different stuff. And we know for sure one of them's problematic with the, you know, the FX crypto stuff. I don't think they would go down this path because I think it would open up a Pandora's box with so many different people. Uh, but I wonder if there could be anything there with that guy, Alex Guerrero, and what Tom Brady has dabbled in and purchased over the years. And if that guy Guerrero has covered all his tracks because – you don't want a football-like scandal like baseball has been through like seven different times. No, I agree. But I, I think if I were advising, I'd say you want to know it all, right? Like you want to make them disclose everything. Okay. I want to know if I'm bringing you into the fraternity, who is coming in the door yeah. behind you? Yeah. I want to know. Right. Uh, and so to counter that would be um, it's in all likelihood, Brady's done nothing compared to most of the owners. That could be a lot of the owners that that could be shady that could be worrisome this is i quite, don't know i don't know if I, quite, I mean that's that. speculation yeah, i don't know this is yeah. quite the crew that we're dealing with here of the, <laughs> of the people who are approving tom brady like hey are you one of us or do we have to be worried about you well i mean it depends on what you're talking about with one of us if you're talking more about morality that may not be that may be of less concern rather than influence yeah. right who's influencing you and therefore would be influencing the league you know, it's a fraternity. It's that they want they want people who are like minded mm -hmm. to continue on with the structure of power as it's been made. They if they bring in a, 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 and deviate from that structure of power, then they're deviating from the power that got them in. I was going to say, based on your reference to a fraternity, at cer certain places in this country, they are like fraternities. Hundred percent, based on what we saw in the uh, the claims last week. Right. From Jim Trotter with, yeah. with Bagula's words about African-Americans and what Jerry Jones has said and actually done. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll, I won't even get into the Jones stuff today because we, we could do that for ever about minority ownership and what he said. That'll be when we get closer to the finish line on a thing, we can address that one. All right. So Brady or Rogers, who is more likely to play in the NFL this year? So I don't believe it's Brady. But the problem with the Rodgers thing is, one, we're dealing with experimental surgery, and it would be almost a miraculous trip back to the NFL. And then on top of that, he can't play in all likelihood in the regular season. It would be in the postseason. 
I mean, I will hold on to the small, uh, small morsel of hope that Jets management is like, and I, I'm not going to do it again, but like, this guy stinks. Yeah. And I, there's got to be players in the organization who've gone to the front office and been like, please, don't waste a year of me. Yeah. Like, I, like pleading desperately, please, we, you know, we don't want to kill Zach, but he sucks. I mean, I think, I think the likelihood of, of Brady coming back is like a one percenter. And the likelihood of <laughs> Rogers coming back is like two yeah. percent, right? Like, Rogers recovering yeah, and the Jets yeah, make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, there's two parts, right? The, the recovery. I mean, he's 39 years old. Experimental surgery. Who knows if he gets that way? And and if he accelerates it and yeah. blows it, that's it. Then it's over. Like his career is over. If he if if he tries to get back too quickly, you know, redamages it. It's probably over. So he's got to be thinking in those terms. Um, my only reason I give. The slight edge to Rodgers coming back is because I th- I think the Jets have a good enough defense. They have a good enough playmakers around there that if they get rid of Zach Wilson, eventually, you know, they lose one or two or three more games with Zach Wilson um, clearly not being the guy that there are. I think there are tons of veteran quarterbacks who could run that team and probably make the playoffs, although the div- <laughs> they're not in the best division for accomplishing that. I have a lot riding on a couple of games this week. And I actually already bet the other side in one of them. I need the Saints, I need the Saints with Derek Carr to win 56 to 7. And Derek Carr needs to throw five touchdowns for 400 yards and run for two more. I want Jameis Winston. Yep. Okay? Yep. The other one, I need the Chargers. This one's really... The Chargers need the Chargers to win, but yep. I need the Chargers to do the same to the Vikings mm-hmm. and for the Vikings to freak out. And, uh, you know, I have Kirk Cousins in our fantasy league, but I will sacrifice this week. I need the Vikings to give up on the season and want to move Kirk Cousins and the Jets to get involved there. What would what would the solution be for the Vikings? I mean, it's not like they, Kirk- just, they just pack it in. I know, but for the. The following seasons, it's not like Kirk Cousins can't play next year and next year. At well, a high his, level. his deal's done. I don't think I they're know, bringing him back. You don't think so? I, I have no idea what their solution is. I guess they're gonna. They have some. I mean, rage in mind, or I mean, I guess if they lose again, then they say, you know what, we're going for Caleb Williams, right? Well, Caleb Williams isn't ready yet. No, he can't go. Can he's, he? he's this year. Oh yeah, yeah this year. Yeah, but he, but he also Caleb Williams and his dad are already talking about pulling a Manning deal. Which by by the way. I hear all these shows around the country, and I can start. I'm starting to hear like, "Oh, Caleb Williams and his dad. You know, the ball's on these guys." What do you mean? Yeah. The the first family of football. I'm not saying they invented it because John Elway did it too. Yeah. But the first family of football, it's like it never happened. Oh, but like no, never they got a he, ton he, of crap for that. No, they, now I yeah. don't hear it. Like well, it's every every time we talk about ago. Caleb Williams trying to orchestrate where he goes. Yeah. Hey, Eli did it. Yeah. That's what Archie wanted. I want to hear it every time. Yeah, this is not this, this is not some villainous action. If Caleb Williams and his dad want to kind of work where they land, Eli did it. Yeah. Archie was behind it. Well, they're still talking about Elway doing it. That was forty years ago, almost. It's not forty years ago, but it's pretty close. Yeah. Was that eighty-seven? Well, and Elway was probably pretty smart. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I guess Eli got the two Super Bowls. I actually think the Chargers would have been a better place for him. Um, better? No, nah, I don't want to say better organization. I think he he, he would have had a consistently better roster. Right. I mean, Although, they, you know, the problem with the Chargers is they were they couldn't get out of their own way because uh Marty was doing a really good job and then AJ Smith with his ego, 
they had a war and he got rid of him and then, and then he kept Noah Turner for two and, extra and years. Noah Turner yeah. was terrible. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'll tell you what, fans right now who watch Brandon Stanley and get frustrated, uh, Noah Turner is like the ultimate yeah. example of it was hey, well, I mean, you were a Chargers fan. Yeah. And I followed the Chargers at the time. I was like, every friggin' year, one of the most talented teams in the league every year, September sucked. Yep. They were in a hole almost every year. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I, they they had a Super Bowl roster. It, it I'd say like three out of five years there. And I mean, they went into the playoffs and they went to the AFC championship game, but they blew it because of coaching, not because of talent in all of those years. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, uh, maybe Eli, I mean, I, I guess Eli would say he made the right decision, right? I mean, he got two Super Bowls. So he, in people talk about him as a Hall of Famer. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but whatever. He's going to make the Hall of Fame because he did it in New York and did it on the biggest stage. And then has two iconic Super Bowl victories, so he'll probably get there. But I don't I don't think he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Um, but, get us back to where we were. Yeah, exactly. So coming back to it, like, like if the Vikings had, a, you know what, we're 0-3, we're going to go 0-17 or 1-16, and we're going to get whoever we, you know, whoever we have targeted, then I could see it. Then I, I mean, I think – I think Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback. I think Kirk Cousins is a top 10 quarterback. And so if, if the Jets got Cousins, I think that's better than them having Rodgers at 40. Wow. Right cool. now? Yeah, right now. I think, I think in this. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not with you that he's better than old man Rodgers, but I think he's a pretty good quarterback. You don't think he's top 10? I think he's right around top 10. Yeah. You think Rodgers is top 10 right now? Rodgers was about 15 or 16. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so was Brady. Yeah, exactly. He's not. Yeah. Rodgers isn't in a top 10 conversation anymore. But there are intangibles where, and I know Rodgers hasn't always been successful in the playoffs. Yeah. He didn't, you know, he probably didn't win enough Super Bowls to his liking and the Packers fan liking. But there is something about him. There's a, I don't know. There's, oh, there, get out of here with over. this. Well, I mean, primetime Kirk is a thing. He just doesn't win under the lights. I mean, you or, could, I guess in front of the cameras, yeah, or you whatever, say that, guy, whatever it is. You could, I mean, percentage wise, you could say that about Rogers for his whole career too, except for one season. I mean, well, he, I, right. I mean, regardless, I'm not here. I'm here to freaking debate yeah. cousins now against yeah. Rogers. Cause but Rogers I would take Rogers ain't coming back. I would take cousins over Rogers. I would take cousins over Jameis. I think Jameis would be great too, though. Um, I mean, if the jets were able to get cousins and keep this year's roster and, intact i don't know i don't trust their offensive line and not having a mobile quarterback back there would be a problem but they would definitely be in a strong position to contend but their offensive line sucks it's not good no don't get, don't get me started I, I i don't know if you saw the video i put up the other day i anytime i do a video now that we put out uh, after we do the uh, the honor deal here we record every show um i'm not showing my face on camera because the the I'm not good looking to begin with the faces I make and the anger and the close to F bombs could get me in trouble. Yeah. I get so frustrated. I I've, I lost it the other day watching it. And also uh, talking about it on air, the, the old line, it's unreal. It's oh, unreal. I mean, how It's unreal. How ill-equipped Dwayne Brown at 40 was against, I know Parsons is the best. That was embarrassing. I mean, and to it, not shore it up when you're getting a hundred year old quarterback. Yep. I don't care what you have to do. I mean, if you just look at the four snaps that Rodgers took, it was it was not good, man. It was not good. You don't just want to say an Achilles tear was inevitable, but it, it kind of felt like it. Yeah. It's so overmatched in that game. Yeah. And then the game against Dallas, I mean, Zach Wilson has no chance to begin with, but when he's all skittish, 
Yep. Forget about that. That's my only concern about getting, I would say, either of those two cousins or Winston is you'd almost want somebody who's got a little bit more mobility, but if they're young and they got that mobility, nobody's giving them up. So I don't, I don't know where you get that. Justin Watkins with us is Cofield and company. Demond is here as well. On the way back, uh, we talk sports with Justin. We also get into legal issues. I need to find out how many people I can threaten on the air and how viciously I can threaten them before I get in trouble. Now back to Cofield and Company at the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, heading towards the four o'clock hour. As uh, Reno's going to be in in just a little bit. But, you know, I've been following the last uh, couple of days on Twitter, really the last week or so, and then also on some podcasts, and, and then he does another radio show, Stephen A. Smith. And DeMond notices too, Stephen A is getting like real loose. He's got a lot of bitterness over the Max thing. And what was the podcast he went on? The Joe Budden podcast. So the Joe Budden podcast. And he like, he really lays into Max Kellerman. Like I'm going to give the truth. And then he gets into something over the weekend on social media with T.O. Where he threatens T.O. with like, hey, I know a lot about you. Be careful. I'll expose you. Um can I do this? And I'm not talking about like who has power, but from a legal standpoint, how far can a broadcaster go? Can I just start threatening people all over town? Like, I know something about you or, or defame them. Like, Hey, you're not a real journalist. Damon, give us the, the bite about Max Kellerman where Stephen A is talking about uh, Max's qualifications that they're less than stellar or not believable. You weren't an athlete and you weren't a journalist. And the the absence of the two components left people wondering, why should we listen to you? Okay, well, you might have had that figured out on Sports Nation or you might have had that figured out on another show. But on this show, if you looked at the content emanating in the social stratosphere, meaning YouTube and other components that you use to measure one's cachet, uh, uh, Q ratings, focus groups, all of these different things, it was like... I was damn near doing the show by myself because we were oceans apart in terms of cachet. Well, how are you oceans apart from me if you sit right across from me five days a week for the whole two hours? Because one of us is resonating and one of us is not. Okay, I don't believe that. And I think that Max went viral many more times than Stephen A did. His statement about Brady being done prematurely was the biggest thing that show did for like five years. Um, the other thing is, I don't know that it rises to the level of defamation. It's an opinion, but I don't even understand what he's saying when he says, uh, you weren't an athlete, you weren't a journalist. And, and I'm going to, I'll be straight here, right? I like Stephen A and I've heard he's a pretty decent guy behind the scenes. I really don't like Max Kellerman. And the couple of times I've met him, I'm like, eh, like take him or leave him. But I'm going to defend Max on this. Max was a journalist and still is. Now he may not be a journalist covering the NBA, but he has been a longtime journalist in boxing and around combat sports. So I don't even understand what he's saying there. What about the, like the defamatory thing there and like the, uh, I, the, like the cachet? I mean, maybe he has the numbers to prove that. But I, when I heard him say, you're not a journalist. So I'm, I'm not, what my guess is, is that Stephen A is saying, well, you didn't know anything about basketball or football. You know, you just knew boxing. Stephen A, you routinely botch elementary football points 
because and I've defended him because I think he's stretched too thin and he's not a football guy. What is this? I don't know. I mean, I I don't like either of them. I don't oh, like whoa. the show. Um, but I I think that everything that Stephen <laughs> A. said is fine. Okay. I don't I don't see there's any problem with that. I mean, journalist. I think is a broad enough term that many different people could have different ideas about what journalist means. Um, you know, when I think of somebody saying journalist, I think of a newspaper man, right? Right. Like who's writing a column, who's covering a team, who's a journal, you know, investigative sources, those kinds of things. Um, but that's really not relevant today in no. the labels change. Yeah. Labels change, but I think guys that, are coming from and women are coming from all different backgrounds and, and, in terms of traditional backgrounds, they don't have it. A lot of right. them. No, no, I get it. But I'm saying it, that's why I don't think that a statement's defamatory is because journalists can mean a number of different things to a number of different people, specifically across generations. And knowing that Stephen A used to be a newspaper man or still does write, right? Doesn't he? I don't know how much he writes, but he, he did oh, yeah. work in New York and especially in Philly. Right. So I, I can understand a situation in which he says, if called into court, number one, like, that's never going to happen. Number two, Max Kellerman's a public figure. It's got to prove that it's defamatory, all that right. stuff, and that he did it to promote himself. But number three, I think he could easily defend, like, and I could just hear Stephen A. and his voice being like, that's not a journalist. You know, a blogger, uh, you know, somebody who goes on, that's not a journalist. You know, a journalist does investigation with sources and writes columns and has works for a newspaper. That's what a journalist is. If you don't have a journal, you're not a journalist, right? I right. could just hear him saying that. Um, not an athlete, you know, hey, I, I'm the only one resonating. That's the stuff that's the closest to me to a statement of fact that if he doesn't have the backup would be interesting, which he's basically saying is, Hey man, we did all of this data, uh, big data collection through focus groups and polling and surveying. And he's, he didn't resonate. Now, if they have internal stuff that shows the opposite of that, that could be taken as a false statement. And, I think it would survive that next level of scrutiny of a public figure because it is absolutely a false statement made for his benefit, not to and to Max Kellerman's uh, detriment. So now I'm sure they have polling that says a little bit of everything, right? right. So you could just cherry pick and be like, I'm talking, I was talking about this poll, right? I don't want to talk about all polls. I can't talk about, you know, we do tons of stuff. So I think he, I think there's just a ton of breadth in this comments that allow for tons of wiggle room and a reasonable person to interpret it a bunch of different ways. Yeah. I think you've got two arrogant guys who rubbed each other the wrong way. And Stephen A had more power and was able to go upstairs more often. And you know, Max is out. Um, let's carry this over. Cause I do want to get to the TO thing. Cause I think it is really interesting how many times Stephen A is like, I got something on you, you be careful or I'm going to tell people four o'clock hours on the way.